0: And another thing. And another thing. And another thing.
1: And another thing. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And Tony, I don't know if you've noticed the last couple weeks, I've been updating our bio on our Twitter and social media and just kind of making it fun, like just giving a little twist of fun. You have noticed that? Yeah, I have noticed that. Yes. Yeah. Because what is it? What is this? Like this week, I think I changed it. to. Oh, did you see this week's actually?
2: Uh, What was it again? uh, Please remind me
1: here hold on one second anyway this comes from while well, i'm finding this or our producers finding this this comes from a little bit of a wrestling background because there's a, a tag team in, in and i watch wrestling yes i do and uh, there's a tag team in this uh, organization called aew called the young bucks and they update their twitter profile bio like every day and it's kind of like a running gag so i kind of uh mind you they have way more fans than we do so i kind of just kind <laughs> of pulled a page from their playbook so this week it says bentley driving podcast producing check cashing wheeling dealing microphone stealing legends
2: legends i just i'm seeing it right now that's awesome yeah,
1: so i just thought uh and I we and we cool. actually saw
2: saw one another we saw one another live uh last In person
1: week. yeah on saint yeah. patty's day
2: on that saint patty's fun. day that was fun yeah we had our green uh beverages and uh It was uh, nice to see you in person and do our shtick a little bit live to an audience. So that was kind of fun too.
1: Yeah, that was great. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the show a little bit more in depth. But uh, we have an exciting guest today. But first, we got to thank, of course, our amazing supporters. And we wouldn't be able to do this show without the presenting support of the team at Municipal Solutions, John Mutton and the crew uh, with us since day one. There are day ones. And we are so thankful. Uh, you can find them online at MunicipalSolutions.ca. And Tony, I know that you're able to share more about what they do there.
2: Yes, the Muttonator is busy, busy, busy these days, Jody, with development services and project management. He's involved in development approvals, permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, uh, engineering services, architectural services. If you have a minor variance or land severance issue or a building permit issue, go to municipalsolutions.ca and then another sponsor we have is the Canada Strong and Free Networking Conference which is coming up May 5th to 7th 2022 at the Shaw Center in Ottawa go to canadastrongandfree.network and you'll see their excellent speakers their best practices se- uh, sessions their receptions lots going on I'm really looking forward to it and we we thank them as a sponsor and then finally Jody on my side, I do want to announce that we, our podcast will be broadcast on 88.7 FM, Hunters, oh, yeah. Bay, Hunters yeah. Bay Radio in Muskoka, uh, on 8.30 a.m. Saturdays. They'll be repeating one of our lovely podcasts. You can live stream it from HuntersBayRadio.com.
1: Yeah, for a second there, I was like, where is he going with this? Is he holding out on some cash on me or something? And then I remembered, yes, that's, that's cool. I mean, anything we can do to broaden our audience, Yeah. of course, uh, we're on the MNC podcast network and um, I'll give a plug right now for another one of our partners, Looney Politics. Uh, You can get exclusive content there by becoming an annual subscriber. Use the code podcast to get 50% off your annual subscription, looneypolitics.com. And so, yeah, this is, uh, this is exciting. And quickly, before we get to our guest... I I really just got to say this fast because in Ontario here, masks are now gone. Obviously, I respect people's choices and decisions. That's not why I'm saying this, but man, it's been it's felt it's it's been such a breath of fresh air and felt like normal again. I know. I
2: I, had a I had a doctor's checkup this morning. Guess what, Jody? I was wearing a mask. mask. (laughs) I had to wear a mask. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh so, at a doctor's office. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How long will that last though? So, April maybe?
2: I don't know. I asked the uh I asked one of the nurses in there. I said, like how long are you gonna be doing this for, really? And she said, I don't know. I, I hope it's over soon. <laughs> she was the poor thing, has to wear masks twenty four seven when she's in the office there anyway. So uh uh but that, they're sticking to that rule for the time being. But uh yes, I, I obviously we respect people who do wear masks and and have decided to wear masks, but I'm Going to be uh, uh, certainly of the school that I no longer need it and I am no longer wearing it. As anyone who has listened to the show knows me bitching and complaining about mask wearing. So I'm a very happy camper these days.
1: Yeah. So anyway, we're going to let, I'll I'll do a little brief, not an intro, but just kind of an idea where this uh, guest came from. Sure. And then you can introduce her because I think it makes sense. And I know that you've done some research. But so I'm watching the 2022 Beijing olympics and uh i actually got into it a little bit I, I wasn't sure if i would or not sometimes the olympics are a big thing for me and sometimes i don't watch them as, as much as i should and i just happened to be watching uh i think it was slope style like freestyle skiing or yep. something and yep. this olympian comes on and i caught where she was from and i was like oh shoot that's where tony lives <laughs> and then i i think i called you or messaged yeah. you like right there i say hey tony there's an do you know this?" Uh, this Olympian. And have you heard of her? And, and of course, Tony was like, oh, absolutely. And he was very proud of where she was from. And and I said, we should get her on the show. So anyway, I'll let you introduce her. But I thought that was really cool. And and that was a, I'm trying to remember that the event, if it's a, well, she'll tell us, but I feel yeah. like, I don't know if it was a new event or whatever, but it it was some pretty crazy stuff she was doing. Oh, I know
2: so- I, it's, it's a crazy sport. So I'm, I'm so excited. We have with us Megan Oldham and she is, uh, as Jody mentioned, she is a Canadian freestyle skier competing in uh, slope style and big air competitions. Big air and slope style. She grew up in Perry Sound, Ontario, just a few minutes' drive from where I am situated right now. She earned fourth place in the Big Air competition at the 2022 Beijing, Beijing Winter Olympics. She has a silver and bronze at the 2022 Winter Games. And dun, da, 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 she has a gold at the 2022 World Cup. Welcome to the program, Megan.
0: Thank you so much, guys, for having me. I'm happy to be here.
2: So t- tell, tell our audience, where are you right now and what are you competing in?
0: Yeah. So right now I'm actually in Switzerland. We have the last World Cup of our season. Um, It's a slope style event. So we're kind of just wrapping up the tail end of uh, our World Cup circuit.
2: And okay, uh, obviously, Jody was watching you on TV at the Olympics, uh, but maybe uh, for people who aren't as aware of all the disciplines in skiing, can you describe big air and slope style for our audience?
0: Yeah. So basically what big air is, is a single jump that athletes will hit and you have to rotate two of three directions. So either your left spin, your right spin, or a switch spin, which is just when you go down a hill backwards. And basically for big air, they take your two best tricks out of three in a final and they combine the score and whoever has the highest score, they have the rankings according to that. And then slope style is pretty similar. So it's got three jumps instead of one, but it's also got rails spread out through the course as well. So basically you go down and it's kind of just like you put together your best run. You do tricks on three rails and three jumps and you perform different directions and different types of tricks and just try and get the best score that you can. And typically it's all ranked off of like a few criteria. So amplitude, style, difficulty of tricks, um, grabs. So that's kind of how they determine where athletes rank among themselves.
2: And and Big Air was the new one for, the, for this
0: Olympics? Yeah. So they had snowboard Big Air at the last Olympics, but oh. this was the first year that skiing made its debut as a, a Big Air event at the Olympics, which was super cool to be part of.
2: So uh we got a lot to talk about uh but since we're talking about the Olympics you got to you got to give our audience a little bit of what it was like to be at an Olympic games and what was Beijing like and uh, uh you know hanging out with other athletes uh, give us give us a sense of uh, what what really stood out in your mind
0: Yeah it was a really surreal experience for sure I didn't really have Too many expectations going in because I haven't really done an event to that caliber in terms of, I guess, the scale of how it's broadcasted and all the work that goes into it and everything. And I was really blown away just by the amount of work that they put in to put on this sort of event. So I think for me, the coolest part for sure would have to be the opening ceremonies because I think for all that the athletes, it's kind of that one time when you finally arrive and it really sinks into you like, okay, I'm an Olympian. And it's really crazy just to walk into this massive stadium and see the rings above you and have all your, your gear on with the rest of your team and wave at people. So it was really cool for sure.
2: So Megan, give us a, a sense. Where, did you get a chance to at least hang out at the Olympic village or uh, meet other athletes and other disciplines? Was, was there enough time built in to do that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, so we were really lucky um being a slope style and big air event because we actually got to experience two villages instead of one. So when we arrived, we started in Beijing and we had a village there and we stayed and trained for 3 days and then we had our event for big air and we were able to yeah, go around and they had some little events and activities going around in the village and of course you could kind of catch up with some of the other athletes from other nations that you are familiar with. So it was nice to be able to kind of experience it all together. And then after our big air event, we all got on a bus and we drove down to Genjaku, um, which was the other village where we had slope style. And it was amazing too. It was a great village. Um, it was a little bit more like chalet style rather than condo. So it was kind of cool to experience the different types of villages. And really get a long experience because we were there for, I think, almost three, three and a half weeks, whereas some sports are only there for maybe a max of like six days. So it was cool to right. be able to really take in a lot.
2: Yeah. You've just reminded me that the venue for the skiing was, uh, you know, apart from some of the other events in Beijing, obviously, and uh, they used a lot of manufactured snow. Was that right?
0: Yeah. So Beijing isn't really known to be a place that typically gets a lot of snow. While we were there, we were kind of hearing um, whispers from people who work there saying that it typically snows maybe four times a year. (laughs) So, but we're also very used to that. We do a lot of um, big air competitions on scaffolding. So like metal structures that they build up and you hit a jump like that. So for those types of events, we always have snow that's Typically made from, like, basically a, a big freezer machine, and they just have pipes that blow out the snow onto the uh, ramp. So, right. I like we were actually really impressed. We found that the snow quality was pretty good. It was obviously a little bit colder in Beijing. So, for slope style, we had a little bit of uh, icy conditions, but honestly, we were really lucky with how things all turned out weather wise.
2: Um, I'd love to know how you got into these disciplines. Like, uh, have you always been like, since a little kid, a, a downhill skier, and then you migrated to big air and slope style, or give us a little bit of an understanding of your journey there.
0: So I grew up doing gymnastics and figure skating, and those were certainly my sport loves. I did them for a long time and I really enjoyed them. And my family would always go on trips, I guess, out West or, to the States, go to Vermont and just do small ski trips where we would just, you know, do the typical family ski down the hills type thing. And my brother, uh, Bruce, he's three years older than me, and he kind of got into the freestyle scene a little bit. He would always be dipping in and out of the trees and hitting little jumps. So he ended up signing up for a freestyle program not long after. And I don't know, I think he must have just really connected with the sport and he thought for some reason I would really enjoy it. And so he kept pushing me to try and get into it. And every year I'd be like, Oh, I don't know. I don't think that's for me. Seems kind of scary, all this. And then eventually he convinced me to come out and do a trial day with one of his uh, team and his coaches. And I instantly loved it. I just couldn't stop.
2: <laughs> okay. that Cause yeah, you're, you're, he is your, is your brother still a competitor then as well?
0: Yeah. So he is, he's actually here with me right now, um, in Switzerland doing a world cup. So he's been on the Ontario team for a few years now, and he's working his way up to the national team. So he's done three world cups. This will be his third one. Um, and so he's hoping to get onto the Canadian team next year as well. So he's certainly really good as well.
2: So that, that must be great having, uh, you know, a family member who's so into it as well, that you can do these competitions together, right?
0: It's so nice to have somebody to ski with, like even when we're back home um, when I started and even now we go out and we kind of just ski together and it's nice to have somebody that kind of pushes you, you know, you got that big brother uh, support, I guess, kind of pushing you and prodding at you to try tricks you maybe wouldn't. And it's nice always um, at competitions to have him here and get a little bit of advice on what tricks to do or what he's thinking about a certain feature. So it's really nice to have him there.
2: And, um, I've got to ask this question. Uh, this is a kind of a Perry sound Muskoka question, but obviously when I, when I thought before you came along, whenever I thought of uh, slope style, I thought of Dara Howell who Mm -hmm. uh, was from Huntsville. Uh, I, I live in Huntsville and she won the gold medal for the slope style at the Sochi Olympics in, in 2014. What was she an inspiration to you at all? Or did your paths ever cross?
0: Yeah. So Dara and I were actually on the same team. So we were on the Canadian team the first year that I joined. So I was able to travel with her and do some competitions and training camps. And it was honestly such a pleasure to have another girl there. And she's a really great skier. So it was awesome to have somebody to room with and kind of push you in the sport. And I definitely miss having her around for sure.
2: Okay, no, that's that's really interesting. Well, she was such a when she won that gold. I guess it was a it certainly was a surprise. I think to everybody, including Dara, when she when she nailed the gold medal uh, in Sochi, and uh, we had a huge celebration for her when she got back. Uh, Five thousand people came out, which is a lot in uh, Huntsville, and uh, so I, I know that there's that community spirit. Do you feel that kind of community spirit from Perry Sound uh, in your in your competitions too?
0: Totally. I was absolutely overwhelmed, especially with the Olympics, with the amount of support that um, I got. But also, I'm sure, as you know, there's another um, cross-country skier who came from Perry Sound. And so both of us went together and it was really cool just seeing how the community came together. And I would get texts from my parents or from friends with like signs on people's lawns and just messages around town and things hung up at community centers and yeah I was really blown away by how how well the community came together and really celebrated um our opportunity so it was really cool to see
2: I have a sneaking suspicion you've met Bobby Orr too is that right
0: (laughs) I have I actually have a photo um with Bobby Orr in the uh Bobby Orr Hall of Fame but I was pretty young I think I would have been around like 10
2: (laughs) oh okay (laughs) yeah well he's he's such a big supporter of uh of athletes uh, in the Perry Sound area, he comes. He comes back every year, at least he did before COVID, anyway, and and uh, would support uh, local athletes. So I, I figured you'd you'd met him at some point or another because he's the other Perry Sound icon, right? I mean, you totally. can't, grow up, can't grow up in Perry Sound without knowing about Bobby Orr. That's uh, that's the way it is in in our neck of the woods. So your sport, any sport uh, at elite level, World Cup. Uh, Olympics, a lot of pressure. So I'd love to know how you deal mentally with the pressure. How do you make sure you're relaxed? How and you're in the zone? Do Do you have uh, a methodology for dealing with the, that kind of pressure in your sport?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like our sport definitely comes with a lot of mental challenges in terms of competing, and I really think it takes a combination of things. Um, for one, I think what's helped me is just the more um, practice you get. So the more competitions you have, the more you get into the routine of how things work, the way you feel going into competitions. But also like me, along with a lot of other athletes on the Canadian team, we work with sports psychs and they kind of help us working on like breathing techniques and visualization, stuff that we can do before competition that just kind of asserts in our head, okay, this is the run that I'm going to do and I'm going to go out and I'm going to land it. So I think it's just making sure that you um, trust your body with the tricks that you're doing. And if you're in a space where you're at the top of uh, the drop in and you feel confident with your riding, then I think it usually comes together pretty well. Um, Yeah, but it definitely takes a lot of practice and it's not something very easy to, to teach, but it's it's really crucial in our sport for sure.
2: Uh, Jody, you know a little bit about this, we, you know, visualization and golf is, is so important, right? I mean, it sounds like it's the same thing.
1: Yeah. F- being focused and, you know, as you said, visualizing it and seeing it executed, obviously is, uh, I, I think Megan, you're probably on a different level than myself on my golf game, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should be taking some tips from you. Um, <laughs> I did want to jump in cause I had a, a just a couple of quick things I wanted to ask you about and. One thing I'm jealous about, and it's not even that you're an Olympian, it's that you're verified on Instagram. Was that difficult to get done?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Um, that's pretty recent, actually. That was after the Olympics. So I guess uh, when athletes athletes go, then they just kind of – you can – I guess like sign up or whatever they just send you a notification so yeah that's kind of cool to get that but it's weird to receive things like that because I still feel like a everyday normal person just out doing something that I love so it seems kind of crazy to see a check mark beside my name
1: yeah, so write write that down Tony if we want to help get <laughs> yeah. verified we just have to get in the Olympics
2: I, I am so, verified Jody personally oh,
1: but, uh, and on Instagram though
2: yes come yeah.
1: on Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry. So you (laughs) being an elected, elected official probably helped as well. That helped. Sorry. So I'm the, I'm the odd person out on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Megan, I wanted to, I'm I'm assuming that you're familiar and you've done some snowboarding in your time as well, right?
0: I did do a little snowboarding for sure. When I was younger, Um, my dad was always uh, a good little push in that he would Kind of force my brother and I every year to go out a few days and try snowboarding just to kind of keep the skill. So I recently haven't done it in a while just because I've been so busy with skiing and trying to focus on building up my uh, my skill set. But I I really do love snowboarding and I I do want to get pretty good at it. So I'll have to get out Perfect. there again. <laughs> so
1: we're, I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm going to ask you some. I'm going to give you some snowboarding slang and I'm going to see if you know what it means. Oh, all Jesus. right. Or, okay, or, if sentence, or, if you can use it in a sense, or if you can use it in a sense, I'll start with that one. Might might be a little hard. I won't start with that one. But uh, if I said to you, um, "Waist deep," what does that mean? If you're maybe it means the same thing for skiing, waist <laughs> deep.
0: First thing I think of when I hear waist deep would have to be uh, powder skiing or snowboarding. So basically, just a comparison of how deep the powder is when you're going down. People are always like. Oh, yeah, the powder is way steep today, or whatever.
1: <laughs> yes, that's pretty much. Yeah, there, there's lots bing, of bing, snow, bing. lots of enough snow to ride. Um, yeah. Tony, you might even know this stuff too, because you've probably done some snowboarding. Skiing. What if I said, um, oh, look, there's somebody in a couple trays? Trays. What does trays mean?
0: A couple of trays. I honestly yeah. don't know that one. Uh, well, that's,
1: I- that's how skiers refer to snowboarders. They, call, no they refer to <laughs> a snowboard as a tray
0: really
1: yeah i didn't know that one actually this one this is what a snowboarder uh and and you might have in common have you ever heard the term oh you're just a park rat
0: yes for sure i've heard that one
1: (laughs) do you know what it is like can you explain what it is or
0: it's basically just a skier or a snowboarder that only really rides in the park so the park the park being like rails and jumps
1: (laughs) good job and then this one this one was interesting if i said to you um oh nice look at the corduroy what does that say what does that mean to you
0: that i would assume would have to do with like the groomer line so like when they're very they good yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah okay
2: you we've established she, she knows what she's talking about jody
1: right? <laughs> 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 a little okay, bit now we can air this episode yeah. <laughs> it's official yeah
2: so i gotta i gotta ask uh Next Olympics, I know it's four years away, but uh, are you planning for that? Or how, how does that occupy your mind as, as a focal point for the future?
0: Yeah, I'm for sure planning to head to um, the next Olympics. Um, I'm really excited about it, for sure. I think we've got at least another two years before we start the qualification process. So for now, kind of just focusing on the competitions I have ahead, but also hopefully to do a little bit of filming and some projects, hopefully to put out for the public. But I, I certainly do want to keep working on my uh, tricks, especially in the summer on airbag and kind of work up to some stuff that I can do at the next Olympics for sure.
2: When you say filming, uh, that means filming your jumps, I guess. Right. And then, and, and then do you market that or is that part of what you, what you do to sort of generate a following?
0: Yeah, so there's kind of different segments within park skiing. So there's street style, which is where you kind of go out in a normal everyday setting, like at your library or in the street, and you hit rails and features like that and, and film it. Um, And filming is also a big part of park in general. So people go out and maybe you get a crew together, or you just do a little segment by yourself, and you just stack up clips of you doing different tricks and then you basically just build like a 10, 30 minute, whatever segment. And then you can air it at different festivals and, or like in collaboration with sponsors. So I work with monster. They're my sponsor and they often do um, projects while they're highlight some of their athletes and do little camps or interesting feature setups and do little segments like that.
2: Would you do a, like mini segments for TikTok and stuff like that too?
0: I could for sure. I mean, I'm not as crazy into TikTok. I just got it this year, so I need to oh, okay. I need to work on that.
2: <laughs> I think that my final question is uh could you get Monster to sponsor our podcast too? Right, Jody? <laughs> 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 you don't have to comment on that. It's just we're we're always looking for new sponsors. That's all. I'm sure we uh, are. Megan Oldham, it's been a pleasure having you on our program. We wish you every success. Of course, we're very proud of you and Perry Sound and Muskoka for uh, your uh, your success so far. But we're also behind you, win, loser, draw. And uh, and you're just a great great person. We're glad to see that you're getting these opportunities in your life.
0: Thank you so much, and I really appreciate all the support, of course, and it's awesome to share a little bit about my sport with uh, you guys and the rest of the world.
2: Before you go, where where if people want to follow what you're doing, uh, maybe give your socials uh, so people can follow you.
0: Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. My username is Megan.Oldham with two M's at the end of Oldham. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, uh, where you all can right. find me.
2: <laughs> okay, Megan, thanks again. Best of luck.
0: Thank you so much.
1: First Olympian on the program and she did not disappoint. That was, uh, that was fun.
2: Yeah, it wasn't that fun. She, it's great to see, like, she's very excited about her sport and uh, obviously she's found some success, uh, a gold medal at the, uh, at the worlds. So yeah, I'm, we're very proud of her in, in Paris, Santa Muskoka and uh, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to share with uh, the rest of the country too. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked at that.
1: Do you do you ski at all?
2: Yeah, I used to downhill, um, and uh, I kind of got to the point where uh, at at my age, Jody, um, I I don't I I haven't done it consistently, and so my fear of of failure and uh, broken bones has risen exponentially. 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 So (laughs) uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to snowshoeing from
1: now on. (laughs) <laughs> much safer.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I
1: used to go skiing yep. all the time when I was young and then I had a bad fall. Yeah, nothing. I mean, nothing happened, but I felt like it, it was just horrific or at least that's how it felt to me. And then I, wa- I went back up the hill and I couldn't even ski down. I took my skis off and walked down the hill and went in the chalet for the that's rest right. of the day. And I've never yeah. skied again. Yeah, no, it so. it
2: does happen. I mean, I don't know the term. The term we used to use for a bad fall was garage sale. I don't know if they still use that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's probably. <laughs> your still. skis are in one direction and your poles in another. It
1: oh, wasn't yeah, yeah, very yeah. gnarly. Let me just say that uh, gnarly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, there's a new term. I was when I was going through those uh, snowboard slang. Or through the snowboard slang there "radnar" is a word. So that's a combination of radical, radical and, narly. and gnarly. So yeah, yeah. But maybe I, that'll I mean, be our next podcast bio. The official: yeah. We're the most radnar podcast in Canada.
2: But before we leave Megan, like you've seen, you watched her at the Olympics, and I've I've viewed some of her footage. Like her
1: jumps are crazy. No, oh, it's nuts. It's
2: like the stuff she's I doing heard. in the air, the, the flips and the twists and, uh, and then la- sticking a landing. I mean, it's it's incredible what they do. So
1: To have the but- wherewithal to be able to maintain position and know where you are at all times while doing those flips yeah. is what amazes me.
2: Yeah, no, hundred like, percent. Yeah.
1: I just, I just feel like, you know, you, you, I, I'd be one of those people just be slam right face first into the, into the Hill or yeah, something. You
2: gotta, you gotta be able to keep the, the, your eye yeah. on the horizon. So you, you know, what's up and what's down. Otherwise. Keep your get...
1: eye on the prize. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. So that was uh that was a lot of fun. So we wish her all the best. And uh, again, first Olympian on the program and, uh, yeah, she did a did a great job. Look, I I have to mention this because, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks ago we we were talking a little bit about the conservative leadership and and what's going on there. And I I thought at the time, well, you actually said, I believe you said, and if we went back to the tape and checked it, I believe you said there would be three candidates. Yeah, that I know. Was your belief, I know. I said between three and four. Oh my god! And. At last count, what is there like eight? eight I eight. mean, nobody's official. I mean Pierre's been approved and Charay, I mean, like
2: and has been approved, so has been, been approved,
1: approved. Yeah. so technically, there's two in the race, but like I think we're shaping up like literally yeah. it could be like six to eight people in it,
2: yeah, I know, and I'm very surprised at that and and my prediction uh was not an accurate one. I honestly thought that uh, the cost of entry would be too much for people, but evidently not and uh, it's going to be that whole adage you know the media always like to say nobody wants to run for a conservative leader because uh, you know it's uh, the party's damage well they can't really say that now because there's a a ton of new people that want to be a conservative party leader and so that that's great for the party and great for the country really
1: yeah and i mean full disclosure both you and i are literally on pierre's team like i'm right. an organizer in eastern ontario and you're part of the fundraising loop there. You're only like a national chair or whatever the yeah. word, the title is. And I, you know, so we're obviously biased, but we still want to, you know, maintain some neutrality. But at the end of the day, we know that Pierre's going to slaughter everyone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a very competitive race. That's, that's our <laughs> line and we're sticking to it.
1: And what we're going to do is invite all the other candidates on the show. But my plan is that we run through our sponsors really slowly, like for 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. And then we go, oh, we're out of time. Sorry about that. We'll have let to get me to let me know. tell
2: you more about John Mutton. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it'll be... Uh,
2: yeah, we're waiting, just so our listeners know, we're waiting for the April 19th deadline. Uh, but That's the deadline for all the candidates. Yeah. So, but I got like,
1: Tony, I got to ask you this because you were an MP, obviously, you were a leadership candidate on more than one occasion. Here's a question for you. Serious question. You've been invited onto a radio show or a show, television, with the hosts who are completely up front about 100% supporting another candidate. Do you go on that show?
2: Well, I would because I I would figure that uh, if, you know, especially because we are partisans, we're not, you know, we're not the CBC let's put it that way uh that we would bend over backwards to give people a fair hearing uh even though we're with another candidate so that's that would be my calculation whether that would be the calculation of my communications director what might be another story though
1: yeah the other part is too is that you do get multiple like it's a mul- uh, ranked ballot or whatever right yeah. so Sure. I mean, there is something to be said for being number 2 or number 3 in this whole. Yeah,
2: program. and we had uh, we should say in the last go-round, uh, 2 years ago, we had every single leadership candidate on our show except That's, for one. We
0: did. Except we for did. one.
2: And Who was the
1: one? one? Oh yeah, but we, we, like, yeah, we invited him. Peter. We did. it. Yeah, we invited him. Yeah. But But subsequently he's been on the show, so. <laughs>
2: yeah, subsequently he's been on the show, so it just took him a little longer. Anyway. But, uh, um, yeah, no, we're we're looking forward to that for sure. That'll be part of our programming for
1: sure. Thanks again to the team at Municipal Solutions, municipalsolutions.ca, our presenting sponsor. We appreciate their continued support, as well as looneypolitics.com. Use the code PODCAST to get 50% off an annual subscription. And Tony, I know that you can share yep. the other one.
2: Yeah, uh, Canada Strong and Free dot Network is where you uh, learn about the Canada Strong and Free Networking Conference coming up. And then we are being broadcast at huntersbayradio.com 88.7 fm hunters bay radio and jody don't forget i got my mugs this week my coffee mugs yes they look amazing so you can have your own and another thing podcast coffee mug just go to zekeagency.com and go to the merchandise table and you can order yours as
1: well yeah going back to the radio thing because we didn't really get into it at the beginning but it's exciting. We're going to be on Hunter's Bay radio. How did you convince them that that was a good idea though?
2: Like, <laughs> So I so, um, so the station manager says to me, you know, you're doing a lot of podcasts. So can you do a podcast for us? I really like what you're doing with Jody on your, on the podcast.
1: So he listens.
2: So yeah, he's, he's listened to them. And, and, <laughs> and I said, well, look, I don't really have time right now yeah. to do a yet another podcast, schedule the guests and so on. I said, why don't you just, play our podcast you know he said okay and that's kind of the conversation we had so uh that's cool we're we're looking if there's other radio station managers out there that want to put us into the programming uh we'll we'll only we'll only charge a modest fee
1: do you know what's funny is there's actually i saw a contest for another radio company where they were looking for the next big podcast i don't think you can be an established one but you'd uh I mean, essentially, the winning podcast would start to get produced and played on their networks. But you'd, you, in essence, you'd be signing over the podcast to them. So, but I, I was looking through the details. I was like, oh, this would be interesting, but we're too established. I don't think they'd give us a fair run. And quite frankly, we're legends. So,
2: exactly. We're at the top of the heap, Jody. Come on.
1: Yeah. What do we call? We we're we're, we were Ratnar. We
2: were on chartable this week. Did you see that? <laughs> we're what? We were, ch- we charted on chartable.
1: Oh, yes. We charted. We won't tell you the number, but, uh, it was up there. Let's yep. just say that the Hurley Burley and Peter Mansbridge are a wee bit nervous. I
2: think so. We're a wee bit nervous. Yeah,
1: exactly. A wee bit nervous. And Joe Rogan knows who we are. so He does.
2: Yes, he does. Anyway,
1: All right, Tony, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll do this again in seven days.
2: I can't wait.